You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte after getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. That's chime.com slash goals 24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Everybody, happy Tuesday. It is time for pre-market prep. It's 8 a.m. You know what that means. Spencer Israel, Joel O'Connor, Dennis Dick. On today's show... What what happens when your stock gets an M&A rumor? What do you what do you do? Well, usually they're gifts. Peloton uh, is the top story of the day. Uh, they pre-report of their earnings. Their CEO is stepping down. They're laying off 20 percent of their workforce. Uh, a lot going on there. We'll talk about all of that. We'll talk about some earnings. We'll talk about some LIDAR stocks. We'll take questions from our chat. We'll talk about bank stocks with our guest, Nate Tobik, at 835. So do what you do. Hit that like button. Good morning, everyone in the chat. Blind Trader, Robert, Fourth Wave, Tom, Dylan, Duncan. Can't name you all, but I see you. And uh, let's start today's show. This is Pre-Market Prep with Joel Conan, Dennis Dick, and Spencer Israel. Joel, you don't like my, my blurry background? Oh, you're on mute. Hold on. You're on mute. On StreamYard, I think. Or maybe your headset? I don't know. Man, we've been having, let me tell you, we've been having all sorts. Yeah, I hear you now. Okay. Good morning. Good morning, Spencer. How you doing? Good. You don't like my, my blurry background I got going on? Uh, yeah, what's going on with that? Did you pay for that? What's going on with that is I'm using a different camera because my main camera decided to not work this morning. So that's, uh, that's it. Looks like a, it makes the background look like a fake background, but it's a real background. Yeah, it's, it's real. You pay for I, fake. I don't get it. This is my backup camera because my my nice camera is just not cooperating with me. So anyway, okay. here we are. Uh, bring up your charts for me, Joel, and I would be very curious to see um, how we are trading now after the close yesterday, which left a lot to be desired. Yeah, we're still lower. We're do- lower yeah. by five and a quarter handles. Uh, had a little pop overnight. Hey, we're just testing Monday's low, uh, 62.75, 63 quarters of low. We got to bounce off that. Let's see if it happens. Uh, crew, double top at 93 and change, down a buck 72 at 89.62. Gold down 280 at uh, 18.19. Silver in the red by a quarter, 22.83. 
Uh, Bitcoin down 660, getting up near that uh, that old support, new resistance that's down at uh, 43,575. Ethereum features, they're going the same way. They're down 7450 at 3084.50. But you know what? No matter what you guys do, no matter how much you pick on me today, I am, I am in a great mood. We're not going to pick on you. You it's no gonna... pick on Joel Tuesday. Do you know why I'm in a great mood? Why? Hmm. I'm why doing something so... tonight that I probably haven't done in a couple years. Something to do with COVID. Mm-hmm. You're going to see a movie. He's going Not a movie. Going to a Michigan basketball game? It's at Penn State. I'm going to the game on Thursday at 9. But no. You guys are close. It's close. Oh. At oh. LCA. Oh, he's going to a country music concert. No, not country music. Oh, no. I thought that Rock was- and roll. Uh, you could consider him many different genres. He's, Kid- uh, he, he's an old Kid- buzzard, though. He's a guy like he's even older than me. Some people will like him. Some people won't. But um, Spencer, you don't know who's at uh, LCA tonight? Right now. Oh, Elton John's in town? I didn't know Elton that. John's in town. EJ. You're going oh, to EJ? see Elton John. Yep. I saw I got EJ. It. I got it. I saw it. him about five years ago. He does a you, good show, man. You can't go wrong with EJ. No. No one calls Great. So 70s stuff, top notch. When stuff, the newer stuff I didn't like, but the 70s stuff, top notch. Nobody calls him EJ, first of all. I, oh, yeah. I call him EJ. <laughs> I yelled out when I was at the concert, we love you, EJ. And he put his hand up and waved. I have a loudest voice in the whole concert. Second of all, I've also seen him live. He was fantastic. So, the Rocket yeah. Man. You guys want to hear the best Elton John story? This one has never been told. Dennis, you've never, never heard been this told. One. Okay, I'm sitting back. It's never been told. We, we, we can get my sister on to verify, or maybe not. She's a busy girl running the state of New Jersey. But, um, okay. Going back, this a long ways. I was in single digits at the time, okay. and there was a radio station in Detroit called CKLW. Do you remember that, that, Dennis? CKLW, the Motor, Motor City. City. Yes. So they had Elton John on as a guest DJ, right? It used to be able to call in radio wow, stations. That's so crazy. you could call in. We used to call in. We tried to win a pacer once. We used to call in. And so, you know, they were like, we're accepting callers Fountain John. So I'm dialing away. I'm dialing away. And they said, you're on next with Elton John. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And so they put me on with Elton John. And I'm talking to him. And my sister, who's three years older, was downstairs. And she held the she had the radio on. So she heard me talking to Elton. So she picked up the phone. And I yelled at her. I go, Elise, put the phone down. I am talking to Elton John. And so we started arguing. With okay? Elton John listening. With, with, and, and you know what he said? He goes, um, you know, let, let's let's calm down here. He goes, I'm going to sing Yellow Brick Road. You, do you guys know Yellow Brick Road? We want you to hum the background of Yellow Brick Road. And so we did that. And this is soon, not a true story. This is and, too and old it, there. Dude, I swear. I, Fighting I, on the phone. Humming along with Elton John. What year was this? Like I said, I was probably in single. I was probably seven or eight years old. And so Elise was probably. Just when he was just getting started. Early 70s. This is. Yeah. And Elise was 10 or 11. I'll, I'll, I'll try and get a hold of her. Um, I thought you could try to get a hold of Elton John and see if he remembers. No, I don't think Elton would remember that. 
Yeah, but she was like, I was like, at least get off the phone. I'm talking to Elton. And uh, it ended like that. I swear that's a true story. That's a true story. Can you still hum it, Joel? Mm, It's been a long time. Yeah, on the brick road. No, I don't. I can remember that. All right, all right, all right. Pinball all right. wizard. That's no pinball that's, that's, wizard. That's the well, who. All right. Yep. Anyway, well, that's uh, the who, but Elton John, of course. Okay. Played anyway, moving right Tommy along here. Uh, let's go into. Margaret. Let's go into the, the the news of the morning. Obviously, is Peloton. Uh, WSJ has been all over this story. They reported overnight that uh, not only is the CEO uh, stepping and, and the founder uh, stepping down, uh, John Foley. Um, but they are. They also announced uh, 2,800 uh, layoffs. And while they're at it this morning, they pre-reported their earnings, which you almost never see. You you really only see it when it's like going to be really, really good or really, really bad. And in this case, it is the latter, unfortunately. So uh, they did pre-report their earnings for uh, the 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 current quarter, and they gave guidance going forward this morning. They're on the schedule for tonight. The numbers, as you'd expect, were not great. Um, the revenue is declining. Their earnings uh, are going in the wrong direction. Um, but this just fits into the larger picture here. Uh, we've been talking about Peloton now for for weeks. You had the Amazon um, rumor on Friday, or it was like Amazon slash Nike rumors yeah. on Friday. Um, and uh, the stock has been doing all sorts of crazy things. Um, and you know what is interesting to me here is the market doesn't always react to CEOs leaving in the same way. Sometimes when the CEO gets is out, the stock the stock rips higher because they're like, thank God, the CEO is out. Yeah. Other yeah. times, it's it, it's not that, and this is a case of of uh, I think it, it just speaks to how little slack there is, how little tolerance there is for this stock now on Wall Street. There's no tolerance. I I mean, you look though, and in this case. Everybody's like, are they going to announce an MA rumor? Are they going to announce, you know, somebody's going to buy them? Are they not going to announce it? And then they turn around and get slapped across the face with the CEO leaving and cutting jobs. It's not what they wanted to hear. With that being said, and I'm not going to go into, you know, because we said we wouldn't pick on Joel today. So I got to take it easy on the Peloton. But with that being said, it's good news that it has bounced off the lows. There is obviously still people that believe that a deal is possible. And they did, Wall Street Journal did ask. Uh, the CEO, um, or I did ask the company, and I believe they said that, well, they're looking to any, you know, possibilities yep. here. Didn't comment any further than that, but they didn't dismiss it either. So I think that's why you saw the stock bounce back. Not that this was a great report. Not that, you know, they're kicking ass and taking names. It's that there's still the possibility that there could be a deal to be had. And that's why when it sold off 25 and a half and 26 this morning, that the buyers came back in. So now we're up at 29. I mean, is there a possible deal here? It's possible, but like I've said personally, I don't think there is. And that's why I'm not buying the stock. I don't, I think, you know, that it's going to maybe hold on just because there's going to be people that believe that a deal is coming. But I think eventually it starts to leak again. And I think eventually it does go back down. Not saying today, I think it's bounced back nicely today. I don't think it's hitting the 25 and a half and 26 again. I actually wouldn't even be surprised if it went green, but it's still a struggling business here. And I don't think anybody's buying it. What's Gene saying? He's on CNBC right now. It's like, is anybody listening? Oh, or are man, they all Gene's listening? talking to... Peloton. Can we, t- we can't steal CNBC's content here, but Gene Munster's ours. Yeah. He's our guy. No, I wonder Think what he's them. saying. Uh, currently trading down uh, 56 cents at 99.19. I do have a Peloton update. 
Lisa worked out on it this morning. That's my update. No, there's obviously like no joke. There's obviously still value with like with this company. And so, yes, even though and I was looking at their earnings because they guided uh, for revenue for the current quarter, they guided um, like somewhere like high. Basically, the high end would be a billion dollars. And while that is still well below where the revenue was at the same time last year, it's still it's twice what it was two years ago. Right. So the company still has had tremendous, tremendous growth in the last two years. Uh, there's st- there is still value here. They still have like what they say two was it was it two point uh, two point two million two point seven million connected fitness uh, subscribers. I mean, they've got people. They, they got brand recognition is yeah. what they have, and that is worth something. This is not a nothing burger. It's not a zero. It is worth no. something. No way. Yeah. It, and and it, but there's people out there that are saying Peloton Q, like it's going to zero. No way. I don't think that's the case. I think at a certain point somebody would buy it. I've said I don't think that price is 35. I don't think it's 30. I think if this thing got down into the low teens, I think eventually you'd have a suitor. Same thing I said with Robinhood. I think eventually, if Robinhood goes low enough, somebody would scoop them up. So right now, valuation is still nosebleed, in my opinion. That's why I don't think somebody's coming in and paying fourteen or fifteen billion dollars for it. But would somebody come in and pay four or five? Yeah, I think they would because the brand recognition is there. They do have a lot of users that are hardcore users. Lisa using it this morning. So I just think that buyer people overpaid for the growth potential of this, and it's not growing now. But there's still something there. So I agree with you, Spencer. And then the the bottom line here that Dennis already talked about is like if you are in something for a trade and it's and you're underwater and you get an M and A rumor and the stock spikes, very often those are gifts. They're just yes. it's just a present. Take the present. Yeah, take the present. Because if you think about like stock was twenty five, if there was going to be a merger announced, were they going to give a hundred percent premium? The business is struggling. This isn't some growing you know startup here. That's you know okay. Well, we don't. This is a struggling business. So the premium probably wouldn't have been much more than 40 or 50%. And that would have put you in the 35, 37 area. So the algos are crazy enough to pay right up to what it probably would have been on a takeout yeah. price. I don't think a $60 takeout price is coming here. I don't think a 50. I don't think a 40. I don't think a 30. I don't even think a 20. But I do think in the teens that somebody could potentially buy it because there is some great brand recognition here. Sure, sure. So at a certain price... Right. Yeah, sure. I could get on board. I just think this price is not fourteen or thirteen billion dollars. All right, we're not going to do a repeat of yesterday. We're not going to spend nope, a half time. Not going to be the Peloton uh, show. So, so we're going to move on here, but we're going to stick with the M and A theme. Nvidia and ARM, basically, from the second this deal was announced, what like a year and a half, two years ago now, it, it's been under scrutiny, and it's not going through now. So NVDA shares are trading lower this morning because of that headline. SoftBank, uh, who owns ARM, is going to just uh, spin off, spin them off into an IPO. That's what they've said now. That was their that was their plan B. So the video arm deal that people were were, were hoping for, not not going to happen. It's a nothing burger for Nvidia. It looks like this morning. I mean, maybe this was expected because the stock is just basically down a little bit higher beta in the queue. So they're just not even really responding too much to it at all. Uh, technicals on Nvidia, Joel, because the stock we haven't talked about for a while. It is a tough chart, so I'm throwing it. To it's you. it's looking. You know what? I think they're coming after Nvidia, Nvidia, and uh, AMD. Look at that monthly chart. I mean, you had a, a big, you know, all time high. What was that in uh, in November? 
Red candle in December, a You're bigger at the red bottom, can- right? Yeah, bottom, right? bigger okay, red sure. candle in January. Yeah. Um, looks like this thing. I mean, it looks like it has a date with two hundred bucks. I a mean, chart like that really gives you perspective too. Like sometimes when you're looking at a long term investment, I always start with a ninety day. And it gives me a feel for is the stock trending up or down in the sh- you know the shorter term. But if you're looking at longer term investment, sometimes it's a good idea to think about where it's come from. And I mean, in July of 2020, when this you know crisis started, the stock was sixty dollars. Now it's two hundred and fifty dollars. You have seen a lot of companies do a full all the way up and give it all back. Nvidia is not going to do that. It is a good company. It is continuing to grow. It isn't everything. I would be a buyer if it came down to the two hundred dollar area myself. Uh, because, yeah, the multiple is not cheap, but this company is just the best in breed. So I think at a certain point, you will find buyers here again. It's just a matter of what the market does. The market's going to be the driver going forward here. NVIDIA will still lead the charge. If we start to make new highs, NVIDIA is going to be right there with the markets making new highs probably again. But, you know, it probably just got overdone. I mean, we went from $50 to $350. I mean, it's not absurd to think about it. Stock split helped out with that. It did. It did. But yeah. it's still there. I mean, it's still fifty yeah. to three fifty. So yeah, it was a driver, and obviously, you know, for for you know people coming in because the shares are cheaper. But I think at a certain point in time, I would buy AMD and Nvidia. I mean, AMD the one hundred dollar level has just been the level, and it was such. I'm I'm kicking myself still because I thought about it. I looked at the chart. I mean, sometimes technical levels are just so strong and it's just so, such a level. Go out to the monthlies and, and go out to not, not that far out on AMD, but go out just to like the last two years. So just show me like so I can see that 100 level in a little more detail. There you go. So take your line. I mean, 100 classic resistance in 2020, 2021. We broke out finally in, August, in July of 2021 and took out the $100 level. Then it became support. Then we had the ridiculous run up to 160, which was overdone. And where do we bounce? The old $100 level again. Sometimes things just respond so perfect to technicals that it's hard not to take those trades. And I'm mad at myself because I thought about it when it was like 103, 104. And I was like, if AMD gets to 100, it probably bounces there. And then you get sidetracked, you don't think about it again. And then like, sure enough, it bounced right there. So, you know, does it get back to 100 again? I don't know. I don't know if you're going to get another shot there or not, um, but AMD and NVIDIA are on my shopping list. If we get significant sell-offs in the market again, I, uh, these are two stocks I'd like to add to the longer-term portfolio. AMD is actually looking healthier than NVIDIA. Still uh, holding least, trend. At least on a, uh, a monthly perspective yeah. there, because you are working on a green candle. Earnings. Um, yeah, uh, earnings this month. I would say for AMD... Now that you had, how high did we get here? Was this 162, 164? I'll tell you, this 132 area that's also this high here. I mean, if this is going to be the AMD of old, we're going to bust through this 130. We're going to get to 132. We're going to hang out there for a couple of days, consolidate and make another run. But folks, when you when you have runs like this, right, with these kind of green candles, and then you have a couple of red candles like this. It's a whole different market dynamic. It's a whole different structure because we've been to 130 before. We've been to 140 before. We've been to 150. People have bought at those levels. They wanted to. If AMD gets back to 145, Bye, says uh, Grandma Investor, you know, I'm, I'm out. So it's a whole different technical setup. Right now, 130 is your major resistance. But I'd say this whole zone until it clears 130, 132. Path of least resistance lower for AMD. 
All right, let's move it along here. Let's go to uh, let's go to earnings, and um, I, I I just I want to get this out of the way. Uh, there we had some confusion uh, on the pre pre market show because I was talking about FISERV ticker uh, FISV, right? Yeah. Um, yes. And you thought you said Pfizer. And they both report earnings. That, that is should not be allowed. So we need to protest this. Pfizer and Pfizer cannot report on the same day because me and Spencer don't know which stock we're talking about. And the media screws us right up. So Pfizer, Pfizer, completely different, two different companies reporting on the same day. Ridiculous. But let's, let's start with Pfizer, the pharmaceutical company, the one that's making the drugs and all that, sure. and, not, and not the not the financial company. Pfizer earnings, uh, the EPS beat the estimate, the sales missed the estimate, and then they gave some EPS guidance for the year uh, that I think uh, – came in let's see uh it, yeah that, that was in line uh I don't, I don't know what the stock is doing i've been too busy looking at pfizer to look at what pfizer is doing i i own so full disclosure i own pfizer in the long-term portfolio not selling it now i'm going to talk against my book again i think i'm the only person on the street sometimes joel does it but with peloton he always did it but i'll tell you i'm going to talk against it here now for the simple reason is that i believe pfizer has just been the environment that this is as good as it gets I mean, the market is looking at this report was fine. The numbers were good. It doesn't matter, though, because looking forward, think about I don't think everybody is going to be continuing to get a Pfizer booster shot every four to six months. So um, this isn't in perpetuity like some people, you know, or, um, you know, the the market maybe was pricing it out that, oh, yeah, we're all just going to continue to get COVID shots. It's not going to be the case. I mean, you know, maybe we're going to need them, but there's going to be a lot of people that say I'm not getting one of these shots every four to six months. So people who have got the shots, obviously, that's been a huge revenue source from them. We thank Pfizer, um, you know, and, and obviously the, the vaccine makers for bringing us, you know, obviously it, it looks like it helps you from not getting as sick. But I think going forward, there's just going to be resistance to getting a shot every four to six months. So you look at it, it's been a perfect environment for them making all this extra money from COVID. As we start to look past the pandemic, it's like, okay, what are you giving me to look forward to? What's the next big source of revenue for Pfizer? Because we obviously had the vaccine. That was a huge driver for their growth, a driver for the revenue. And I don't see that driver going forward, which makes me think that this environment was just simply as good as it gets for Pfizer. And maybe it's going to have a cooling off period until we see a little bit of, you know, another source of significant revenue to keep that revenue up. Yeah, I mean, the streets agreeing with you, too. Uh, looking tired going into the report. Now you've taken out the support you had in the lower 52 handle. So, man, up get 52 and a quarter. Make that, uh, you know, make that three-star resistance. That'd be a big pop. Though Pfizer will move around. I mean, if you, if you want to, you know, if you're stuck on this, you could get a shot to get out. Like, you just had a recent spike there to uh, nearly 52. So, 52 and a quarter. Uh, on the downside, I mean, 50 bucks. Yeah, 50 I mean, bucks. Yeah, I think it tested I mean, today. Yeah, yeah, 50 is a good level. Don't, Do don't really like one? it after that. Don't like it under under 50. Do you, you still got it? That. I still do. I still Me and Joel it. talking against our book here. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we got this in the long-term account. I think my average cost base is $14. So I'm not selling my Pfizer. but And it's not expensive stock. So by any means, I mean, if you're looking at this and it gets down to like 45 I mean, this is still one of the best pharmaceutical companies in the world. You have still an aging demographic. I mean, owning pharmaceutical stocks. I think right now, if you're just looking at value 
out there in the markets, not saying Pfizer, but there are so many pharmaceutical companies trading with seven, eight, nine times earnings. There's just a pile of them. And I think that's where the market will eventually gravitate to here. I mean, there's a reason Bristol Myers is actually making a new 52-week high. And the stock is just cheap. Uh, actually, it's, I'm sorry, it's not a new 52-week high. It's a, it, because it was up at $69 back in August. But a new six-month high here. You know, the chart's been going straight up on the 90. I mean, it's breaking out. I mean, what's the P on Bristol, Spencer? It's got to uh, be under 10. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking right. I was trying to pull up some other, Guessing nine. Some other Bristol Mars type names. It's 4B of 8. You can eight. also look at, just um, look at like Eli Lilly. Uh, where are they at right now? Eli Lilly. Is, they might, they're usually a little higher because they got the Alzheimer's uh, potential there. Merck is 10. Uh, what was Lilly's? 28. Um, yeah, that's because the Alzheimer's. Ooh, the, the Merck and then you can look at like names like GSK. What's GSK, I wonder? GlaxoSmith. Uh, cheap for a long, long yeah. time. That's probably under 10. Four, 14 for a full That stock's moved up. Yeah. There uh, is just, in, in, in value land, there is just a lot of value. Like, even look at an AbbVie. I mean, here's a stock making a new all-time high. I'm long AbbVie. I've been long it since birth. I've never sold it. Um, actually, I did sell a piece of it, but I haven't, you know, I, the shares that I've got, I've, I always joke long since birth because it's from the Abbott's uh, spinoff, and I got it from, actually, I owned Abbott. I've just stuck with AbbVie, too. But what's the AbbVie? I mean, the stock's making a new all-time high, 3.95% dividend still. And what's the P on this thing? Uh, 10. 10. <laughs> These things are cheap. I mean, you, you're going out there and you're trying to find, you know, value. If you're if you're looking into value, pharma is still you know the, the big pharma, maybe not so much the biotechs like some of them, but you know, the traditional pharma, it's always been cheap. Don't expect the multiples to just blow up and expand to 15, 18, 20 times. But I mean, they can. I mean, in some you know at eight, nine, ten times. You just start to wonder, like, how do you go wrong in the long run? Unless these companies, you know, obviously have, you know, a real lull. And obviously it's patent expirations and you have to always watch stuff like that. But for the most part, the pharmaceutical companies are just cheap. And there's a big difference between pharma companies and biotech. Yes, right? there is. Right. Yeah. We, we went over this a few, like a few months ago. And the pharmas are the ones that actually have, like, have the, the drugs and have the revenue. And the biotechs are the more early stage um you know, drug technology creation platforms where it's not as guaranteed. Um, anyway, let's move on here. Uh, take two reported earnings overnight. Their report was, was, was good. I mean, their earnings and revenue are still growing. So their sure. EPS did come in a little bit light. But, I'm sorry, their sales came in a little bit light, but their EPS did uh, come in in line with estimates. They raised their net bookings guidance for the year. Uh, as of now, currently sits in the Call it like $3.4 billion area for the year. Straight up into the report. So expectations were pretty high. I mean, the stock actually had a rip roaring rally two days ago. 188. Um, thing got par- to. Pardon me? Got to 188. Oh, on the number? Oh, I didn't yeah. even notice that. I actually didn't even notice that. I should have been selling out there. I'm still long take two. I've had it for since the pandemic started. I sold half, but I've still got half of it and I'm sticking with the other half. Uh, after all that that big boom from 188 down to almost 165, you got a quiet consolidation here between 170 and 172. Just kind of quiet. So 
below 170, look for more downside. They get this thing above 172. They got a ways to go. I'd use uh, the bottom of yesterday's range. 173.57. That's uh, to fill the gap and then the close at 175.10. But big run up since uh, that low actually made the low long before the market bottom. But tough chart, take two, and how EA, this is the first one to report, right? EA hasn't reported yet. No, EA reported last week. Last week? Mm, yeah. That's hanging out. That's just hanging out up here. That's closer to all-time highs than anything else. Keep an eye on that 135 level in EA. It looks like he, that was probably... I mean, the there are plays on the time. metaverse, too, the game. Yeah. Is so, I, mean, I mean, it all ties in there. I think you want some exposure to, to one of these companies. Um, obviously, Activision's going off the board eventually, you would think, to Microsoft. I do believe that deal will get approved, but... I think you want some exposure here. I, I I've always liked Take Two. Um, I've always felt looks like of the big three. I felt like it was the best one. So, um, anyway, sticking with it. From a growing company to a not growing company, Harley Davidson uh, also reported their EPS beat their sales beat. But I mean, if you go back and, and look at the history here, you can clearly see yeah. that the earnings are not growing, the revenue is not growing for the, and nor has it been for for several years. A long time. So, I don't know. I mean, they're getting a pop. I like in the report, they hit the thirty nine fifty, and you got a couple highs in that area. So you better you better get back up and take out that thirty nine fifty. That might have been an exact daily high at thirty nine fifty nine. The previous day's high thirty nine eighty. So better get back up there, take those out, get into the forty handle, or you could easily see uh, the ta- the a test of the top of the range from yesterday at thirty six ninety four. You know what the problem is? Back in December, I believe they had some guidance. I, I believe, if I'm correct, if you go back to December, Spencer and the pro, and it went um, crazy. Yeah, right here, really, right really here. went nuts, and it, it gave was, it all oh, back it, in one that's day. Not, that's not what it was. Oh, it was, spinoff! It yeah, was spinoff remember, of the EV unit. Remember that was the spinoff of the EV. Oh, yeah, unit. the EV yep. buzzword. Yep, that's right. And then it gave it all back in one day. So their problem is there's just bag holders in this stock, like a lot of bag holders, like forever. Because you know, if you go out to the monthlies, 2015, 2016. I mean, we we're in like decade they were a decade away from the all-time high like when was the all-time high in this joel my chart goes back 10 years but i think it may even be further back than that uh i see just under 75 okay so that is the all-time high i see that too i just didn't know if it got higher than that so you go back to 2014 or 75 dollars they're just bag holders in this for the last six seven years i mean you've been well no see there you go go back to 07 it was even higher I mean, this yeah. is just a company. Not by much, man. 75, 87 then. Struggled and then for it a long time. All the way back after the financial crisis. It went all the way back and failed up there. This is on the monthlies. Wow. Monthly charge can uh, can help you out, but you're right. This has just been. Dead uh, money for the better part of 15 years. Is this going to be the year it turns it around? I'm not going to bank on the trend changing. Um, that was kind of, I mean, there are more earnings reports, but that was kind of the ones that. that I always like talking virtue. You know, because they're they're one. And obviously, I did buy VIRT. And I actually, I think I actually got the bottom on this one. So I just put it back in my long-term portfolio. Had in the long-term portfolio a few times. Love Virtue Financial for the simple reason is that I understand the business. Um, Obviously, I'm not a high-frequency trader, but I understand active trading. And I'm sure we have a lot of strategy overlap. They're obviously major market makers. I'm not a market maker, at least not anymore, Joel. But... um, you know, but we do a lot of, of trading, and I know when my trading profits are going up, 
virtue financial profits are probably going up as well. There is a direct correlation between a higher VIX and virtue financials profits in my own PL as well. So I can kind of almost feel like they're going to do pretty good. So anyways, I wanted to be long this before the quarter started. I bought it right back around 28 and a change, low 28s, back, I believe, on the 24th of January, put in the long-term portfolio, sticking with it because I stuck in the long-term portfolio. So that's why I'm freely talking about it. And it was a good report. Give us the numbers. Yeah, the numbers were good. A buck nineteen EPS versus an eighty cent estimate. Sales of seven hundred five versus whoa seven hundred five versus three hundred sixty seven million. Yeah, holy, that's a massive. That's the trading. And and then and I I want to show you this too. So this is the earnings calendar in Benzinga Pro. You really can. You should only be using this to compare. the same quarter every year, right? So you like you don't want to compare Q4 to Q3. You want to compare Q4 of this year to Q4 the year before to Q4 the year before to Q4 the year before that. So if you look at Q4 just now, the one they just reported, they said, okay, EPS of buck nineteen, revenue seven oh five. Go back a year, uh, EPS of buck eighteen, revenue six seventy six. Go back two years, revenue four oh three. Go back three years, revenue four forty. So revenue four. So the the revenues. Uh, I, Almost not quite, but almost double. What's that? Like a 35, 40% increase in revenue in, in, in a couple years. Uh, that's the trading. That's what you just said. That's what, yeah, means. that's the trading aspect. And Virtue Financial, obviously, you know, they benefit from payment for order flow as well. It's the only public company that you can, you can trade that actually benefits from PFOF. That's the risk. If regulation slaps and starts to come at payment for order flow, and they start to obviously look at, in, in not, and obviously it's more of a risk for Robinhood because Virtue actually pays the payment for order flow, but they get those orders, they buy those orders that they actually can interact with ahead of everyone. So that's the advantage. And we've talked about that before, so we're not going to jump into you know, high frequency trading and the edges that they have. But I mean, they have a huge edge in being able to buy order flow from Robinhood and then having first dips to trade against those orders directly. Um, and that's where they make a lot of money. But I mean, whenever the VIX goes higher, you're going to see more profits from your market makers. And Virtue Financial is one of your largest on uh, market makers out there now. Keep an eye on this one, Triple D, because uh, you, you just look basis the monthly charts. Uh, yeah. you, have, you haven't been up in this area uh, since uh, well, 2018. Yeah, 2018. You kissed it a little bit in mid 21. So, you know, you could be looking at just a bona fide breakout here. Uh, I would just keep an eye on the close today. You know, we're we're trading up on forty six hundred shares at thirty two sixty six. You know, see if we can get that uh, that high close for the move. Which you know, like I said, trading up sixty six cents. I just don't know if you're going to run in some profit taking here or just get a a super clean breakout and um, maybe I wouldn't get up chase the, it. Yeah, I would. It's never pays to chase in this market environment altogether. It's not so much just to virtue. It just doesn't pay to chase anything. So, you know, is the market going to start? This isn't a high, you know, this isn't a story that's going to catch a lot of media. I mean, we were going to not talk about it, but I stopped just because, it up, yeah. well, because it's trading. So, you know, I have, you know, a feel for it. Good feel business. for this one. You've traded a this a business. lot. You've traded this one a lot. I've been in and out of it in the long term portfolio for a long right. time. Whenever the VIX, whenever you start to see volatility start to pick up, usually Virtue Financial starts to go up. It's actually, it's actually kind of a hedge with the market to a certain extent because. When it really gets crazy, this is when they make more money. It's the same thing with my own PL. When the markets start to really go crazy, I make more money because it's more inefficiencies out there. And my virtue financials profiting from inefficiencies, market making and inefficiencies. So um, and they're going, they're, but they're great business. You know, it, they've done everything well, obviously. So 
Um, I've had in the long-term portfolio off and on a couple of times, but when it gets overdone, then I usually take it out and try to re-get it. And usually it's the, it's the play to sell them and rebuy because usually it pulls back eventually. All right. It is 835. Time for our guest. Let's bring on Nate Tobik. He wrote the Bank Investor's Handbook. He also runs CompleteBankData.com. And uh, we love having Nate on. We love talking banks with him. Yep. So let's get him on the show right now. Nate, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Uh, we're doing. How you doing? That's as good as could be asked for. Yeah. Um, what What are you seeing out there, Nate? I read this interesting article in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, when was it? Uh, it was yesterday. Now I think it was yesterday about like Bank of the Ozarks doing a lot, a lot of lending. I, I just seems the, like there's a lot of weird things happening. The Wall Street I, Journal article. That is that the. I, I'm just trying to, what do you see out there in banking land? I'm just trying that, to, that, you know, that's a, so I was looking at that one too. I mean, that's my favorite punching bag. Um, you know, so they, uh, let's see. Okay. 42% of their portfolios, construction loans. Uh, they, it said, I think it said in the article, like, um, Manhattan developers kind of singularly credit them for the construction boom in in, uh, in New York, uh, they talk about the um, the fact that uh, what's it? The CEO has this you know fifteen thousand square foot house and all this yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if you look at their um, their financials, I this caught my eye. Uh, they have like a almost an eight hundred million dollar policy life insurance policy on the CEO. Wow. Uh, I mean, they have a book value of like four point five billion dollars. So uh, you know. Th- there's a lot of things in there. I look, it's like, uh, you know, living next door to someone who's collecting dynamite in the shed, you know, it might be fine for years, but one day there's the lightning strike and you don't want to be nearby. Uh, yeah, that's, that's fair. I figured you, I figured you would have an opinion one way or the other. So that's the, uh, I, yeah, that, that, yeah. That's, that's the Nate opinion on, on bank of the Ozarks, but that's, outside of that though, Nate, I mean, in terms of the environment that we're in, right. Uh, rising rates, um, you know, the uh, yield curve doing what it's doing. Uh, wh- where do you see the banks right now? I mean, yeah, we're, we're out of earnings season. The banks all struggled through that. Um, I mean, the stocks did, the banks did okay, I guess, but I, I don't know. I would like your take. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so um, earnings were all over the place, and uh, some of it, so I'm looking at some notes here. What was it? Um, Okay, it was JP Morgan, you know, so like they released, uh, this is a great example, they had like a 10, 10% of their earnings were due to, uh, to releasing reserves, credit reserves. And I started to see this in a, in a bunch of other ones. And so this actually is a, a huge benefit to banks, they over reserved for losses in 2020. Um, and now as they kind of get hit with bumpy quarters, they just released some of that. And th- I mean, that's a totally valid thing to do if they're not seeing uh, you know, any credit issues. Uh, so that's kind of a way to pad the earnings uh, on the way up. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of an interesting environment. I mean, all these banks, a lot of them are loaded down with cash. So like, if you look at Bank of America's last quarter earnings, uh, deposits were up something like 15% and loan volume was up, uh, it was like six or 7%. So there's a lot of extra cash waiting to go into things. And uh, typically in a rising rate environment, a lot of banks, they don't have that firepower. Uh, right now they do. And so, you know, if the, if the economy kind of keeps ticking along, uh, I think earnings actually could be, you know, turbocharged because 
there's no, they don't need deposits. So there's no pressure to raise deposit rates. Uh, yet the new incremental loan demand is at the higher, uh, you know, it's at whatever the higher rate environment is. And so um, for all those years where net interest margins were being totally crushed, uh, it it's now they have a chance for that to expand. This, it's interesting. You look at the banks here and after the earnings, everybody's like, oh, you know, they're all selling off on the good reports, but they've all kind of bounced back. And I mean, it seems like, you know, we are in this rising interest rate environment. And I've said, you know, I think in 2022, you kind of want to be long the banks. So we kind of got a gift on at least all the majors selling off. Are there still some gifts to be had in some of these regionals? Or what, 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 what oh, regionals I, are you on? I, I feel like I missed the boat on a few of these bigger ones, but maybe there's some regional ones that haven't gone yet. I mean, the, the, I think almost across the board. So, you know, think of it like this. When, when the market is falling, people start to get worried. They're worried about, you know, can banks survive and that sort of thing. Um, but what bank investors really needed to be worried about was 2020 when everyone was sitting at home and people were worried uh, commercial rents weren't going to get paid. Houses weren't, you know, mortgages weren't going to get paid. Everyone sailed through that just fine. And now we've had this asset appreciation. So in terms of the underlying assets of these banks, I, I don't think there's outside of maybe some, you know, certain areas that are just going to get steamrolled. I don't think there's really any problems, so to speak. And, you know, you look at some of these banks, they're trading at 10, 11 times earnings, yeah. uh, you know, around book value. Historically, that's really pretty cheap. You know, for the larger banks, average is about 160 percent of book value. It's like 15 to 17 times earnings. So it, when it's under that, um, you know, th there's a lot of upside. And I don't think their earnings are going to get pushed down as rates go up like other companies that are, are very rate sensitive. Is there some sp specific names that you like better than others? I mean, so I like some of the small stuff. But if you're looking at regional banks, I mean, I like um, FNB, First National Bank of Pennsylvania, and um, they're still pretty cheap. Uh, there's another bank the tickers fumble. This is a, it's a, I think they trade for like eight or $9,000 a share. Uh, these guys, they're in Long Beach, awesome operators. Uh, if you want some, even um, it's kind of like, so, you know, you talk about like banks being a niche and then a niche within banks is there are a lot of minority owned banks. And specifically uh, there's a whole sector of Korean owned banks like uh, CBBI. And they're in um, L.A. and Texas and uh, and then Hawaii. Uh, great quality, great earnings, great assets. Uh, I think they trade for like 80 percent of book value. And it's just, you know, this is one of those things. I've owned a lot of stocks like this where I buy the shares. I stick them in the corner. I never think about them again. And then one day they've doubled. Um, and that's just that's the way it. you're supposed to do it. Magic. That's, that's it. And, uh, you know, I, I've probably lost more money trying to outsmart myself than, than just doing that. And, you know, it's not as fun, I guess. Um, you know, so a lot of these, a lot of banks are saying record earnings, record earnings um, in the smaller sector. You know, so you have like uh, FRSB is one still like, you know, what is it here? 12 small earnings grew, there. you know, earnings grew significantly still it's at uh you know 90 percent a book and it's like someone's gonna buy them out at at some point um which kind of brings me to the next thing which is i i think that might be the a risk in this market 
is uh, we have a new FDIC chairperson mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, they outlined their top five priorities. Uh, it was CRA, uh, climate change, regulating crypto, uh, reevaluating bank mergers. And uh, the bank mergers caught my eye. They said no one's looked at the rules for this in the past 25 years. And now it's time to look at the rules. Uh, that's not typically something you say when you're about to loosen things up. You know, um, so, you know, are there going to be a lot more stringent rules around mergers? If, you know, I would probably bet yes. And so the end game for some of these banks who uh, management's tired from the last two years, their values have gone up. They want to cash out that either it happens now or, um, you know, there could be some some bumps in the road. We're on with Nate Kovic, author of the Complete Bank Data. Uh, Nate, where, where are you at on interest rates? I mean, you know, you're hearing everything from, wow, we're gonna, they're gonna slow this economy down. We're gonna go into a recession, and then you have the banks talking their book with, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight rates. Uh, where do you stand on uh, on what uh, Jerome Powell's been up to and what he's gonna do in the future? Sure, I I think the Fed is going to keep raising rates. Uh, I think, you know, we'll, we'll see the four rate increases. I don't think it'll really matter. Uh, if you've got say 7% inflation and, you know, the benchmark rates at one or one and a half percent, so what? And um, I, I think that's, you know, unfortunately that's kind of like a self-perpetuating thing. Um, I know a lot of people who I know personally who are not into markets have all talked about inflation and, you know, trying to get more money and stuff. And, and once that starts to spin, it, it does not slow down quickly. So this is a question from, from Jay in our chat. So do you expect consolidation in some of the smaller community banks? I, I mean, yes. And I, I think um, that's always something that's uh, that's been happening. Uh, I believe the rate of mergers and acquisitions is something like 230 to 250 a year in smaller banks. Um, yeah, you I would see have... one of these, like I see it go by every night. It's like, oh, but they trade by appointment only. So there's like no arbitrage opportunities for me. That's, <laughs> so I, then I yeah. just gloss over them. That's that's tough in some of these. I've seen the same thing. I mean, so one arbitrage, this is like, I, I've done well with these, um, the thrift conversions. You know, so you buy these things at like, they go, they IPO at like eight or $10 a share. And I, for a long time, I just bought every single one of them. I didn't even look twice. Tell, and, tell us about this. Tell us what, what is it? Yeah. So, for? you know, it's, it's like a, it's a cooperative bank that um, they, the shares are owned by the shareholders, you know, by depositors and they, dep- they decide to IPO. And so what they do is um, basically the depositors now they put money in to get their shares. It doubles book value. And now they own something that, you know, they just had a deposit account. So it's sort of like a, it's a, like a mutual in a way. It's a mutual. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yep. They always come out at like eight or $10 a share. That's like the price. And a lot of people try and get deposit the, at these things. You know, they're going to fly to Ames, Iowa and try and sweet talk a teller to get a hundred bucks in there to get in at the IPO. I did just as well buying them after they already IPO'd. And they're on the market. And so the dynamic is, think about this, the CEO (laughs) or management, they're doing this because they want liquidity and they want to get out. They own a mutual and they want, you know, they want to get out of this thing. They IPO, uh, the 
rules are the first year they're they're after a year they're allowed to do um i think it's a, a dividend or a stock buyback the second it's a buyback i think the second year is a dividend on uh, the third year they're allowed to sell and something like 80 or 90 percent of these are sold within five years and wow. they all sell for you know the ipo eight to ten they all sell for like 25. Are they out there? Is there any out there right now that we can look at on the charts? Like, is there any yeah, actively I mean, so traded? If you go to this, this is my, if you go to, to bankinvestor.com, this is like an old clunky website, but at the bottom, if you scroll all the way down, it says mutual banks, 2022 IPOs. Okay. So there's one CFSB oh, and, CFSB. uh, no, hold on one second. There we go. Uh, CS, I see it. CFSB. Yep. Yep. And then if you go back to 2021 IPOs, I mean, I would just pick up all the ones that are trading, you know, so there's, what is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, 14. I'll, I'll put the link list in the chat. And and just to be clear, this is not like a new idea. Jay Rice said this, he's been doing, he did this years ago. I, I remember hearing, reading about this like four or five years ago, people were like, yeah, people just drive around. They turn it into like family road trips and they just drive yeah. around depositing you know, a hundred bucks here, a hundred bucks there, a hundred bucks, there, whatever the minimum is. And then it's, that's yeah. it. I mean, there, it, there's like a hobby to this thing for people. Yeah. I just bought the shares. Cause I was like, you know, and I just, so what I was doing is for a long time, I was putting, it was like a, a thousand or $2,000 into every one of these. Yeah. And it seems like a small amount, but when you start to look at what's trading for like the past five years, suddenly you've got like 50 or $70,000 floating in all these tiny positions. And I'm like, I, okay that's you know um and that's how okay, do you, but they, how, they what's the exit plan just when they get acquired because these things do not trade very they're very widespread and they hardly trade at all the liquidity is, is obviously an issue here folks if you're listening yep. don't just go and lift the offer because some of these things are really wide you're gonna have to work these orders you you, trade you will things. yes yeah so i would i'd put in limit orders right you know put in something that you're okay with and just sit on it and wait. And um, it, you know, so typically the market makers who are doing this, I think they have to do the blocks of a hundred. So if you're putting in, you know, like 36 shares or something, it's good luck. Um, that, but yeah, it, it's a it's a viable strategy. And I still have a bunch of these that are out floating around uh, that haven't been acquired, but. Every couple of months, another one does. And uh, these are the banks because there's an incentive for, you know, managers now have this liquidity. It's time to cash out. Uh, you know, you could additionally do a screen and look for executives who are in their 60s and 70s that, you know, it's like shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> Nate, uh, question from the chat. What do you think about SoFi? I don't know. I, uh, I, I'm split, you know, so you're talking earlier about about Peloton and the brand value and stuff like that. I, I think that's actually a powerful thing for a lot of these, you know, newer companies. I don't think, um, you know, fundamentally, I don't think you're going to totally change and blow up banking. Uh, you know, it's like the world's second oldest that's profession. Whole, but yeah, but you know, um, if, if someone could could generate brand value and it it's a good brand value and they have it, um, I I think there's something there. Okay, there we go. Nate Tobik, uh, he his websites uh, are are numerous. Com CompleteBankData.com, BankInvestor.com. He's the author of the Bank Investor's Handbook. Uh, Nate, it is always a pleasure. Thanks for coming. Yep. It just the Bank Investor site is not my site. That's just oh, a sorry. I don't know who's site it where is. you go to. Okay. I just found it. Yeah. <laughs> so all right.
Thank you. I wrote it down. Bank investor. Thanks, Nate. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and yeah, I saw the SoFi question from the chat. I'm not, I wasn't making that up. Someone did it. Now, yeah, it was donkey limit. So there, it wasn't just me. The question. Oh, I think it's a good question for Nate. What do you think of SoFi? This is supposed to be the future of banking, SoFi. They tell me all the time. This is it. There's going to be no banks. There's going to be SoFi. I got that sent to me all the time. I don't know anymore. Uh, it's 8.51, so we will do some ticker time. Oh, before we do that, uh, VLDR. I wanted to mention that. Um, this is a LIDAR play. It's been a long time since we've talked about these kinds of stocks on the show. They got a uh, stake from Amazon. Amazon, uh, according to a filing, uh, had, what, what is it now? Uh, they entered into a, a deal where Amazon uh, has... Uh, the I guess they I guess they got Amazon got warrants Amazon got uh, uh or, or they got Can just we see the chart yes yeah, what's the stock VLDR VLDR, VLDR. yeah Victor, Amazon Victor. got um a little under forty million shares of stock and warrants so mm. it was V and eight K last night wow. yeah, that's what you want you if you're in all these lighter plays you want the association with the big name you want obviously if Amazon's you know putting a vote of confidence to it that's gonna lift the stock. They really lifted it last night. The stock at one time was up 100%. It's given back two-thirds of those gains. You never want to see that. We are in this environment where, obviously, there's a lot of bag holders and a lot of these stocks, the bag holders from the last two months, all got bailed out last night. and People were quick to sell. Um, $30 stock beginning of 2021 when everybody was paying anything for anything to do with LiDAR. And, obviously, that ship has sailed. So, it. You know, if you want these plays, I would I would pick on them. I would actually be in the ones that are associated with the big names like Amazon. But valuations for me, and I don't know. I, I I'm scared that you know I picked the wrong one. Forty million from Amazon is uh, not exactly a, drop in the bucket. Yeah, a huge big for them though. Big well, for yeah, forty. No, no, it's forty million shares. It's oh, not, forty million shares. Yeah, okay. okay, okay. So it's a hundred and. Just to be clear, twenty million because <laughs> three dollars. Uh, I was going to say before I pulled up the chart. A lot of times, uh, I've seen this with a few different stocks that pop when that initial news comes out is a decent selling opportunity. But this came out after uh, just after the close, so that's when you got the pop. Someone likes it at five bucks. I mean, if you're not worried about nice round number, yeah. If you're not ever worried about it coming down to fill the gap at four oh six, that's where you're finding. You know, you don't know if someone just shorted a boatload in this area and they could care less about the gap and they're bringing it up. But uh, since that four a.m. open, you come down and seems to be a buyer at five right now. Nine point three million shares have traded, so there's always been quite a bit of price discovery on the upside and the downside. All right, we'll go to the chat at first and take your time right now. Uh, who made a comment about Norton LifeLock just now? A1 Property, NLOK has been on a run. What's been going on there? I noticed it hit my filters well, the last had, couple they days. Had, they had earnings. Uh, that what was, it was? Was it Friday? Wow. I think it was Friday they had earnings. Let me check in the pro. It was Thursday, sorry. They had uh, earnings Thursday after the close, and, and they, they beat on the top and the bottom line. Um. Yeah. Look at that Norton Life Lock. Huh? It's a Kramer, Nothing darling. We should give Kramer some props because we give him heat when he makes bad calls. But he's been all over this NL. Okay. So um, this is one that's actually performing pretty well. I mean, there's not a lot of stocks making or approaching new 52-week highs in this environment. The chart looks good. I'd be a buyer of pullbacks. Right. The only, and I think you're going to get one. Uh, the only thing, little bit concerning here is that day that it. Um, that it uh, had the big move from twenty five thirty eight to twenty seven fifty nine. 
uh, you went from five million to seventeen million. So a lot of people loaded the boat, right? You continued higher yesterday. You just got to keep finding, you know, more aggressive buyers at these levels to keep it up. So keep an eye on that close from yesterday, twenty eight thirty. Uh, I mean, you could call it support for now. All time high though, you might get a look at. 28.92. That was the high back in June. So if you're holding out for another target, old time high, 28.92. Uh, I'm avoiding the tickets we get asked about every single day, like Alibaba and Disney. It seems like Disney also. Well, Disney's going to report. So yeah. we did Disney yesterday, yesterday though. So uh, let's move on from that. Uh, same thing with Tesla. We talk about Tesla all the time. Let's try to find some names that are off the beaten path here. What about um, – I Just you got a big level in Tesla um, to get through on the upside here. Uh, after that, wash out low to 800. Keep an eye on 940 here. You're 33 bucks away. Uh, don't clear 940. You're looking another leg lower here in I, Tesla. I would actually be curious to get your thoughts on Snapchat because now we're, now we're on day three mm. out from their earnings report. Uh, they're very surprising beat oh, – I mean surprising to me at least. I'm holding up. Uh, well – not this it's, morning. It, it's yeah. good that it's held up for a couple of days here. Um, well, this morning it's going back a little bit, but I don't know. Long term, you know, I don't like Snapchat. So, you know, the path to get, you know, lower here, I'm not sure of. But I think when I look at this two years from now, I think it's lower. And uh, I think I, I gave that number, uh, I believe that was on Friday, that old resistance at 34 and a quarter. You made that low at 3410. I mean, where are you gonna go under 3410? If you're if you're banking on this being a 40, 50, 60 dollar stock, then you don't you don't want to take you don't want to take out that 3410 because you got a lot of work to do in that gap there. So a lot of people got caught. Slow selling, keep an eye on that low from Friday, 3410. RAG, very polite with his. Uh, hope you guys are well. Can I please have your views on AOS? Good value stock, good cash flow with good growth prospects. I like it when people say, please. He's very nice. He's very nice. AOS. It's a water heater company, right? I believe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, water heaters. Yeah. I mean, it's pulled back. It. I. What's the P on this thing? What's the P? Where I always ask the question. Uh, oh, it's, uh, forward P is twenty. Trailing P is twenty-four. Uh, yeah, that's it's and it's you know just slowly been walking up. I mean, actually, if you're looking from a technical basis, it's holding trend. It does kind of fit the description of a value stock. It's obviously got stable cash flows. I'm sure with water heaters. Um, I. I don't know. I don't mind it here. I'm kind of lukewarm, but I'd say the longer term trend is still going up and that's in your favor and you're getting a pullback here. So maybe. I, I want to follow that. AOS is what we're talking, right? AOS yeah. Smith? Yeah, yeah, AOS Smith, uh, the, the, the water take, heater company. Yeah, I'm going to have to take the opposite side of the coin. On, I mean, it's like good. It. Uh, I mean, I like it above 7288, 73. Those have been your monthly well, lows coming back to November. Okay, so it holds there. I just went to hold here. Yeah, that, that exactly. That's what I was going to say. Two red monthly candles there. Haven't had that in a while. I mean, support is support till it's taken out. I just don't like that. Uh, wow, you got to get green in order to get green on the month. You got to get over seventy six forty two. So I use that as resistance. But when I see candles like this, I see it just hanging out there. I don't want to sit around if this thing takes out seventy three bucks. Um, there's a lot of tickers that are that are relatively obscure being dropped, like SSD, which is a I think a manufacturing play. A bunch of people dropping utilities in here, like EXC on us, which 
I thought all utilities. I just put the utilities all together. I, I I'm still going to say I've been wrong, but I'm still going to say there's a lot of money hiding in utilities, and they have had some pretty big runs. Some of these utility stocks, not all of them, but some of them have, and I feel like it's kind of like, under mine of their own, haven't they? Well, well, they do move inverse to the market. We've been in a risk off market here for the last couple of months. We really have, even though we've had some spike ups, been a risk off market, and utilities do well in that environment. I said, with that being said, though, you're still in a rising interest rate environment. Most of these are dividend plays. And I just think when the dust settles, um, it seems like the utilities always, they get their little time when everybody's nervous about the markets, but then they eventually inevitably pull back. So I wouldn't chase any of these moving the utility stocks. What about uh, like Alcoa and those types of names? So when you're oh, they're about- just, that's stuff trade, right? That just keeps continuing to work. Physical goods. Wow. Aluminum wow. and everything. I mean, oh, we, oh. we've got manufacturing, you know, like, I mean, you know, am I jumping in and in this, sticking in the long-term account at these prices? Maybe not, but the trades, how do you argue with them? I mean, it's straight up. You're in this, like I've always said, you know, in this environment here, we've moved from the nothingness trade to the somethingness trade, meaning like you're producing physical stuff. And Kramer says this too, and he's absolutely right. It's the stuff market right now. You know, like we've seen steel stocks maybe underperform, but oil continues to move up. Um, the aluminum has been, you know, really unbelievable here with Alcoa. Um, that's still the trend is still your friend here, and the trend is higher. I oh, mean, is man. there a place for Freeport MacMoran here, Joel? It's pulled back significantly. Like Alcoa's kind of went. Is there a catch up trade maybe in an FC? Yeah, sure. Eventually? Looks, uh, FC sure is. I just say, uh, Alcoa, just keep an eye on the top of the range from uh, from yesterday, where it was trading up quite a bit. So use that as support. Yeah, you're looking. This looks like you get halfway back of that move when it was uh, 46, you know, 41 and a half, 42. But uh, guys, I'm gonna let you take it from here. I'm gonna hop, uh, yeah. Spencer. I'll, I'll check in with you later yeah, on. We'll get him, Triple D. That's a wrap for our show. I want to make the same PSA that I made yesterday. If you see Benzinga in the wild. And you think this looks something looks off here. This doesn't look quite right. They're trying to ask me to DM them Bitcoin or whatever. Please, if you see something, say something. Email us scam reports at benzinga.com. We've had a number of people reach out oh, in the past couple of weeks. Uh, people on the internet, um, um, posing as Benzinga or people from Benzinga. Uh, hey. Uh, if you can't, they're saying they're even. I've seen it before. They even say, "Oh, they work within Benzinga, or you know, like they're an affiliate of Benzinga." Nobody at Benzinga will DM you asking you for money. Okay, just yeah. put that out there, please. I, I remember I had this problem too before I got verified yeah. on Twitter. Maybe it's still a problem, but I haven't seen as many fake accounts since I got verified. But same problem. Like people mm-hmm. were actually creating accounts of me and then saying, "Oh, you know, would you like to invest in me?" and asking my followers for Bitcoin. I will never. Go and you know me with big. I'm not gonna go and ask you for Bitcoin. So you know if it's a triple D trader is DMing you and asking for Bitcoin, it's not me. It's somebody pretending to be me. But I have I I think that issue uh, since I got verified went uh, at least it's not as prevalent. Same thing with Nigerian Prince. Uh, my family is from a uh, different country, not Nigeria. So uh, don't ignore any Nigerian Prince scams while you're at it. But uh, yeah, support, scam reports at Benzinga.com. Uh, that's going to be a wrap for our show today. Thanks to Nate Tobik. Hey, if you want a 25% off discount on Benzinga Pro, you should you should check that out. The link is uh, pinned to the top of the YouTube chat. It is pinned uh, or it is in our description. It is also scrolling on the bottom of the screen right now. Check it out. Click on that link. Try Benzinga Pro. 
it's amazing. It's worth every penny. And I'm not just saying that. I really do. Uh, I don't know what I would do without it, frankly, for, for my research and for my news. So uh, thanks to Nate. Thanks to all of you in the chat. Live training with Benzinga is going live in a couple minutes. Stay tuned for that. Everyone have a great rest of your day and good luck at the Open. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals24. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.